Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Grow As You Go podcast. This is your host, Michaela Deal. As a girl in her 20s, I know exactly what it's like to be feeling lost, confused, a little bit like you have so much to figure out still, because you probably do, but I'm just here to reassure you that that's totally normal. And whatever stage of life that you're in, if you're feeling any type of way, I'm always here to remind you that you are not alone in that. And just ultimately be someone that you can look at as a friend. Health and wellness, fitness, dating, life, advice, self-help, all the things, anything at all that I am noticing in my life that is coming up and can maybe help someone else, we always will go deeper into. If there's ever anything you guys wanna hear more of, please comment, read the podcast, and let me know how much you enjoy it. I love you. If you're ready to grow with me, let's get into today's episode. New episodes are every Monday at 5 a.m. All right, what we're getting into today is all about dating. So Valentine's Day was just a couple days ago, and I didn't have an episode with dating advice or anything really regarding Valentine's Day, so I wanted to have one. So before we get into all of your questions, I just want to remind you that whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, whether you have no idea what you want out of life, okay, Valentine's Day is just another day. Never let it actually make you feel any type of way because it doesn't matter. Love is love and it always is and there's no specific day that really is designated to love. So just because it's something that kind of has a connotation to dating and being in a relationship, I just never want anyone to feel like inferior because of one day of the year because it's a holiday. So if you don't like celebrating Valentine's Day, obviously this is in the past, but that's fine. Like, I just want you to know that if you're single right now, you're single for a reason. You're in a relationship. I love that for you, but try to enjoy where you're at. And it's really hard. I'm going to be honest. Like a lot of times, if you know that you want to be in a relationship or you miss a person in your life, or maybe you wish they were in your life and everything. Like I understand what all of that feels like. And But in those moments, all I really want you to focus on is you. How can you make you better? How can you show up better for yourself? And even though we'd like to maybe be dating someone to go and do things with them, you can always go and do those things by yourself. You know, you don't have to wait to be in a relationship to show up for yourself in that way and to do the fun things that you want to do. But let's get into your questions. Okay, so number one is how to be more confident and outgoing meeting guys and on first dates. So I think in general, being open to the outcome of literally whatever is a huge part of it. So don't go on that date expecting that to be your husband necessarily, right? Like if there's interest and you're going on a date and everything, great. But I think by putting that person on a pedestal or getting like way way too involved or invested in your head before you even meet somebody, I think that's whenever it can make you not want to open up as much or not be yourself. So staying confident comes from one, Knowing who you are and knowing what you want in a relationship, I think is first. So if you're maybe at a point where you're not feeling super confident or you don't know what you want in a relationship, sit down and really journal with yourself about what you want. What are the qualities that you want in somebody? What are the traits that you want that person to have? How do you want them to treat you? What are things that you want them to do with you? How do you, like, what are little things that you want them to do for you once you're dating? Moral of the story, once you know what you're looking for, it becomes that much easier for you to understand what is and what isn't meant for you. So to be honest, I personally do know what I'm looking for. And so if I see something on a date that isn't meshing with me or not something that I'm looking for, if it's like offending me, if I find it disrespectful, I know to myself, all right, cool. Like this isn't anything that I care to get into. And whenever I do find something that I'm meshing really well with and there's a really good connection and I could maybe see it going somewhere, it makes all of that 10 times more special because you know what you want, you know what you're looking for. So I would say that's what's made me most confident in dating and a lot of that comes with trial and error, honestly. I have been single since 2020. I have been dating since like 2021 
ish. Okay. Like other people, um, and just like going on first dates and stuff like that. And I've learned a lot of what I don't like. So when I find people that I mesh with and things that come easily, I definitely can recognize that, but not taking it so seriously because you don't want to be going on these dates. Like, Oh my gosh, like, I hope they like me. Like, I really want them to like me. Like, I wonder what they're going to think of me. No, like throw that out the window. That is the last thing that we want to be thinking before a first date. I always remind myself when I go on dates and I always remind other people too. Like, this is not about whether or not they like you. This is about whether or not you like them. So we're using this date as an interview process. Okay. Basically we're just, you know, out here being detectives. Okay. Sussing out the situation, seeing, do we like this person? Are they showing us things that we like? Or are they showing us things that we don't like? And also take like the romantic aspect out of it. Like if you're on a date or whatever, would you want to be friends with this person? Like if you weren't on a date with them, like imagine you're going on a date or imagine you're meeting up with a friend and just seeing if you two vibe. That's kind of what I like to do. Just seeing how you guys get along. Is it easy to talk to each other? Do you guys have similar interests? Are they fun to be around? Can they hold a good conversation? Are they also asking you questions, not just talking about themselves? You know what I mean? Or like avoiding it because somebody who isn't asking you questions hundred percent is not emotionally available at all. And even people that do ask you questions, they can totally be emotionally unavailable as well. And they just know how to have a good conversation. So it all comes with just knowing what you want, but go on that date and allow yourself to just have fun with it and understand that I'm going on a date tonight. Nothing could come of this. So we're going to like, just go into it with zero expectations and just to have fun. That is what's going to let you know how you feel with that person when you were just being yourself, because you don't want to be putting on a show. You don't want to be feeling some type of way. Like you're not being authentic to yourself on this date. Like you want to be completely you and they're going to love you for that. I'm going to be honest. If you're able to show up on a date and just be so confident in who you are and just like have conversations without overthinking it and just allow yourself to be comfortable or as comfortable as possible. They will notice that and they'll like that a lot. I've totally been there. And anytime I've ever been totally myself, like it definitely has a good reaction. There was a time that I was on a date with someone and we went to a place where you could like share food. So we had like a bunch of different types of like meat and things like that. And I'm just laughing, like imagining myself, but we had like tons of different shareable plates and this place is so good. I've been there before. It's called Loro. It's delicious. If you're ever in Austin, it's definitely a good place to check out. But I was like, honestly, I really just have the urge to like pick my steak up and eat it with my hands. I was like, there's something about me that for some reason I like to do that. And I know that's weird. Okay. I'm fully aware that that's kind of a weird thing to do, but my best friends would tell you like, this is a normal thing. Obviously I know there's definitely times to eat it with my, with a fork, but if it's really hard to chew or something like that, that's kind of one eating it with my hands is something that I'll do. And he was like, do it. I don't care. I was eating steak with my hands on this date. Okay. It really was no big deal, but doing that, you know what I mean? If anything, just shows you how confident you are in yourself. Whenever you're just able to be your weird quirky self on a first date, especially on a first date, because at this point you guys don't know each other. So you're really just kind of assessing, do we vibe? Do we feel a connection at all? There's nothing bad that's going to come out of that. Worst case scenario, you had a good experience. You tried a new restaurant. You spent a night talking to somebody and getting to know a stranger, something, some, someone that you didn't know before tonight. And I think that there's something really exhilarating in that if you're going on a date and stuff, but that is what I would recommend in terms of being confident and just outgoing and able to have fun with it. Um, I will just randomly share, like there's been times where I've been on first dates and I'm quickly able to understand when I'm being disrespected or when somebody is just looking for casual, you'll notice pretty immediately, um, depending on how they treat you and are they trying to kiss you right away or like touch you a lot? Like that's, you know what I mean? A red flag to me, I've seen it happen. And each time I've seen something like that happen, it has been correct. 
Um, but that's not always the case. Sometimes people are really, really good at acting one way, you know what I'm saying, to kind of hide their true intentions. Dating man, it's a real, it's a real slippery slope. It's it's rough out here in these streets, I would say today. Number two, developed feelings for someone who doesn't want a relationship advice. <sighs> You know, this one, this one hits a little close to home because I feel like this is always the situation that I find myself in. And I try to be really good at avoiding being put in this situation. Like I'll try to ask the right questions before to make sure that I know that that person's open to something and that we do have the same intentions. And even in, even in situations when I found that I thought that was the case, come to find out three or four months later you know what I mean? They're not ready for a relationship or whatever it may be. Like they're just not emotionally available. I've been there more than once. It really sucks. I wouldn't wish that situation upon anyone, especially after you've already developed feelings. So, um, advice for developing feelings for someone who doesn't want a relationship, I think have a conversation with them and let them know where you're at and be like, Hey, like I really liked getting to know you. I don't obviously know the ins and outs of your particular situation. So it's hard for me to answer this like specifically, but I would definitely communicate where you're at with them because at this point you have feelings for someone and if they don't reciprocate that, there's no being friends and hoping that your feelings go away. Like you can't backtrack. And I'm sure that if your feelings have gotten somewhere, it's probably because you guys have been dating a little bit. I don't know, but I would have a conversation and just be like, Hey, like I understand, like you've mentioned, you don't want a relationship before. Like, I just want you to know where I'm at with you. I really like you and I really enjoyed getting to know you. But unfortunately for me, like I do like you and I have feelings for you and I do see this possibly going somewhere. And I would like to kind of explore where that could go. But I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of let me know where you're at and just let them fill in the space. And I think that it's good to just like say it with your chest and let them know where you are because going into it insecurely almost and being like, like, where is this going type of thing? Or like ask, like you're asking. And whenever you're asking somebody, you're giving them the power essentially to like tell you or give you your fate. When if you go in there and you tell them, cause I think, I think by going in there and kind of having like asking them as opposed to telling them what you want, um, I think it gives you the opportunity to go back on your needs and what you actually want. And instead of going in it and being like, Hey, this is what I want. I do have feelings for you. Like, and just saying it and letting it and like, give it silence. Stop talking. Basically is what I'm trying to say, give it silence and let that person fill in the space and tell you where they're at. Because whenever you go into it and you're asking them before you tell them where you are, you are letting them dictate the narrative, you know? So that means they could be like, you know what? I really just don't see this going anywhere. And then you're going to be less likely to tell them your feelings. And I don't necessarily think that's the best thing to do because I'm all about saying exactly how you're feeling and never letting anything go unheard. Even in general, I love to communicate and I love to let people know where I'm at. And even if I don't say something months later, I could be like, oh, I wish I would have said this. You know what I mean? I wish I would have let them know where I was at in this moment or whatever. So once somebody tells us where they're at, it's much harder for us to actually kind of follow through if it isn't what we wanted to hear, if that makes sense. So definitely just have a conversation with that person and let them know where you're at, that you do like them and kind of see where they're at with you and if they reciprocate it or not. And if they don't reciprocate it as much as it sucks, you're either going to get what you need or what you want in a conversation like this. If you get what you want, it's that he reciprocates, they reciprocate, whatever you're feeling. That's what you want, which is great. But if you get what you need, that 
you needed, you needed to have that. Like, and that would be the rejection possibly. Like you're going to get what you need either way, right? If you get what you want, it's the good thing that you were hoping for. If you get what you need, it was not what you were hoping for, but now you at least know, and you're able to not spend as much time with that person, or you're able to not see that person anymore. And you're able to close that door so you can open a new one in the future because there's nothing worse than giving your time and energy to somebody who just doesn't see it with you. And a lot of people, unfortunately, I think can use people to fill either an emotional void that they have, or they have fun with you because obviously I'm sure you're an amazing person, but just because you're an amazing person doesn't mean that that person is going to feel the same way. So just to prep you for that, you can be the coolest person ever. And I've been there where I've been like, Oh, I could like, if I stick around a little bit longer, like maybe it'll change their mind. No, like that person is literally going to be exactly who they are. And they're only going to change if they want to change. And you trying to control that and like hope that they change for the best is just going to hurt you so much more in the future. So I think having a conversation sooner than later, for sure. Cause I've given it time. I've communicated my feelings. I've hoped for the best. And then even then I end up getting basically dumped and we weren't even dating. You know what I mean? Because of things I don't even understand, you know what I mean? So I think that the best thing that you can do is just communicate where you're at and the rest will follow. And no matter what happens, you are amazing and your person's going to come in when they're meant to, but just really focus on you loving yourself and what you want in someone in the meantime, and make sure that this person does have all those things and treats you all the ways that you want to be treated too. A lot of these questions are seriously like hard. Like these are hard questions to answer. Um, number three, how to get over an abusive relationship. I'm going to be honest. I've never been in a physically abusive relationship and I've definitely known people that have been. And I know how hard it can be to get over those because I've seen it in people that I love and they can basically have it, have their mind made up that like they're in love with this person forever and there's nothing that you can do to change that. And that's something that they're going to have to figure out on their own. So if you are currently in that situation where you're like, oh, I know that I shouldn't be in this relationship because they're bad for me, but like I really, part of you still loves them. Just understand that like the way that you were treated isn't love. The person that loves you would never treat you that way. They would never lay hands on you ever. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't. That was a lesson, you know? And I don't know, I can't fully say cause I don't know you and I don't know your situation, but I know maybe sometimes people can change, but you're, nothing that you do is gonna cause that person to change. And I think by, more time that you spend with someone that has been abusive, the more you're just putting yourself at risk to be abused again and again and again. And you have to love yourself enough to get out enough to remove yourself from that situation and quit allowing that person to have access to you because the same thing is just going to continue to happen. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect different results. You have to cut that person off and you have to understand that that's not healthy. And I'm sure you know that, but, um, I think the best way to get over it is just to cut off communication and fully pour into yourself. And honestly, I would highly recommend therapy, especially in a situation like this, because I'm sure there's a lot of inner work that needs to be done and like healing and therapy can really help with that and like having the right therapist. But I would definitely recommend listening to the podcast called Do the Work with Sabrina Zohar. I love her. She gives great dating advice and could not recommend that more. But and I'm sure there's a lot of books and stuff like that of people that have been in similar situations, like podcasts even. You could like search and find really good um, ways to kind of help with that. The memories that you had with that person, the love that you have with that person, that's all real. And there's really, there's nothing that we can do, you know what I mean, about that. Obviously, you're going to remember two versions of that person. You're going to remember all the good times and you're going to remember the bad times and the worst things that they did. 
And I think you have to remember the worst in those moments. You need to write down on a piece of paper all of the things that they did that you do not stand for and you do not, that, that hurt you. Whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is, write those down, things that they did that made you feel inferior and feel really bad in any way. And reflect on that list anytime that you're feeling weak and you're feeling, and this goes for anybody and even in a toxic relationship at all, even if it wasn't abusive, reflect on that list and remember even in those moments where maybe you're missing them and you want to text them or whatever. Like these are all the things that this person did that like I didn't, that didn't make me feel good. And I, you like, I know it's so hard because I've seen it. I've seen it a lot in like people that I love. It's hard for you to figure out what to do in those moments. And I've seen people go back to that person again and again, but only you can make that decision for yourself no matter what. And people can only be there for you as much as you allow them to be. And I know that it might be hard for you to get the advice that you're looking for a lot of the time too, because a lot of people in your life probably don't approve of that person or you spending time with that person, talking to that person, if they already know what has been, has been happening or has been done. Um, but don't allow that to put you back in a place with that person. You always have other people to talk to and reach out to and just know you're worth so much more. Like you deserve somebody who's going to love you and not touch you like that, not throw, put hands on you and not, even if let's say this is like not physically, let's say it's emotionally, even more so you deserve someone who's not going to talk down to you and make you feel like a piece of shit. Like that is not something that we're going to put up with ever again. Like you've, you've dealt with whatever you've dealt with. I don't know for such a long time and you deserve so much more. And I promise you, you are worth that. And you are going to find that at some point in your life again, even if it seems impossible right now. Guys, I don't know if you know, but I'm absolutely obsessed with meditating. And I know there's so many different ways of going about meditating these days. There's different apps. There's so many different things. And it can seem super freaking overwhelming, honestly. And for me, I'm going to tell you, I've tried tons of different apps. I've tried a lot of different things. I've tried ones on YouTube. It can be really hard to sit still. So if you're not somebody who likes just seated meditations or whatever it may be, or maybe you're just new to meditating, I have the perfect freaking thing for you. And I'm so excited to have a little offer to give you guys. I am obsessed with Superhuman. That is the app that I choose to use for my meditating these days because I find that it's the best. It gives me the most versatile situation. So I'm able to use it not only sitting down, but if I don't have time to sit down, I can also do walking meditations. I can do running errands meditations, up the wall meditations. You can have your legs just up stretching. There's stretching meditations. There's a lot of pep talks on there for every certain situation. I'm all into all those things. There's also a cleaning meditation as well. Travel meditations. I'm obsessed. They even have ones to listen to before you go on a first date or after like a family dinner, if it went bad, like they have everything you could possibly need. So I'm so excited to give you guys this offer. So I reached out to superhuman cause I really wanted to work with them and they are letting me offer you guys a hundred percent off a one month trial also plus the two week free trial period. So by trying and signing up with my code, you get a six weeks free membership through them. So you're able, it gives you plenty of time to try it. If it's not something that you like, you can just cancel it. Simple as that. But I love how much time they're giving you guys to kind of try it out because I know for a fact that you're probably going to fall in love with it. And if you stick with it and stay consistent, I promise you like even just a couple days a week and notice what it will do to your mental health. You will have a much more calm brain. You're going to feel way more connected to yourself and it allows you to set intentions throughout your day that genuinely have changed my life, especially going to work at a job that isn't necessarily what I want to be doing with my life these days. It helps me to have a good mindset to go into whatever day, no matter what I'm doing. It helps me to stay focused, present, and just living in the moment, which I love. 
But so, like I said, it gives you six weeks to figure out if it is something that you want to stick with or not, and you will not get charged until after the six weeks is up. So let's say you started it and you want to cancel it literally the next day. You can cancel it the next day and you still will have six weeks to use it. And if it is something you decide that you want to do again, you could always, you know what I mean? go back to it. But this way you have plenty of time to figure out if it's something that you want to do or not. The sign up with my code only works if you go through the website though. So I will have that linked below. You can't go through the app store or Google play or anything like that. In order to get this deal, you need to go to www.superhuman.app slash register, sign up with my code Michaela. That is M I C H A E L A. And I will have all that listed below, but please give it a try. I swear to God, you guys will love it so much. And I can tell you it has hundred percent changed my life for the better. And it's something that I incorporate in my every single day life where meditating always was something that was super hard for me to find time to do. Go and try superhuman and become literally a superhuman. I swear to God, I am a superhuman now because of this app. Number four, how to not bring old issues from relationships into a new one date. Or there's another question that I got that kind of was the same exact one is this dating after trauma in a past relationship. I think there's going to be a lot of things that you've learned in your previous relationships that are going to be hard for you to not bring in, obviously, but knowing that those relationships have ended because something in them was not working. That person didn't treat you well. You know all the things that did not work out and maybe you have trust issues from a previous relationship or something or you've been treated a bunch of different ways that like now are coming into new relationships with you. I think it's going to be very hard to not get triggered in new relationships especially that are like working out in a good way because you're going to wonder if all these things that you dealt with in previous relationships or with other people are just happening again are they being loyal are they trustworthy are they actually telling me the truth um all those types of things are so normal and i think you don't have to bring them into new relationships but to think that you're not going to get triggered at all is wishful thinking. You're going to get triggered. And what I mean by that is you can get triggered and you can notice that in yourself, but you don't necessarily have to bring it up or bring it into the relationship unless you feel like you need to. You know what I'm saying? Um, Like there can be situations where maybe you're noticing yourself getting triggered for some reason. You think that this is happening, but at the same time, you have to sit yourself down and be like, okay, what is my evidence for why I'm feeling like this right now? Like, have they shown me anything to feel insecure about? Are they... Like, did I actually see that they're talking to somebody else? Like, obviously in those situations, that is an issue and you need to talk about it. Um, but if you just have suspicions or you're like getting a little insecure because like they're taking too long to answer or whatever, you can have a conversation with them if this continues to happen or be an issue in your life where you're, you're like, okay, I'm noticing this and it's it's starting to trigger me for some reason. Like if, if you could just give me some reassurance or like kind of give me your side of things so that I can understand that like this is just something that I need to work through. And I would even, if you ever do talk about anything like that, I would just say this has nothing to do with you and it is just from things that I've been through in my life. But I, whenever someone does this and this doesn't happen, it triggers me, like whatever it may be for you. You know what I'm saying? But um, I also don't think that you have to bring up, you know what I mean? The issues or the trauma that you have in the relationship unless you feel like it needs to be discussed. Like you can be in therapy and that's why I love therapy because you can be like, hey, like I'm having this thought with your therapist. Like this is happening. Like what advice would you give me? And she'll give you tools or they'll give you tools to work through whatever it is that you're feeling. But this new person that you're dating is not the old person that you dated. And just because you dated somebody who was a piece of crap and talked badly about you all the time or made you feel so small and never prioritized you and never made you feel special 
and all these things, the new person doesn't have to just take that on just because that's something that you worked through before or you went through or whatever. But I think every relationship, depending on if you're actually in a relationship or whatever, I think like once you get to a point where you trust that person, you can actually see it going somewhere. I mean, if you've been cheated on before and I mean, talk about it, you know, everything you're going to be talking about your issues. And I think the more that you talk about things in relationships, the more that the other person can understand where you're coming from. Just don't take them out on the new person with, for no reason, like just because you were cheated on and something that they did made you feel triggered, even though they really didn't do anything that crazy. You know what I mean? They just like fell asleep early. You know what I mean? And like, they're doing everything else pretty great. Try to just understand that it's not necessarily them that's maybe causing some of these, but it's you getting triggered by previous things that have happened to you from past relationships. And you know what I'm saying? I don't know if this advice is really like making any sense, but basically you're not dating the old person anymore. So like to think that you're going to automatically receive the same treatment from the new person just because that happened with the old person is just a crazy way of thinking. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you, you are worth so much more. And I mean, you obviously know that if, um, you see signs of similar patterns or whatever to like get out or have a conversation about it. But I think the best way is just to journal kind of reflect with yourself all the time, take, um, inventory of your feelings, maybe consider therapy, definitely talk to your friends, you know, and just, um, kind of always be conscious of like how your nervous system feels with that person too. Cause you might just be working through a lot of PTSD, you know, and anxiety and things that have happened. So I highly recommend therapy. The way that I think about things though, is I will treat you like you've never done one thing wrong to me until you do something wrong to me. So I always try to not do that obviously. And like bring in old issues from the past or whatever, but let's say you have trust issues for some reason, I'm not going to go into the next relationship holding that person kind of in a hostile environment because of what I've been through before more. So I'm going to trust you until you give me reasons or signs that like, maybe I shouldn't trust you. You know, like if I find myself not wanting to open up a little bit or whatever, I will push past that. You know what I mean? If there's a little bit of like something I have to work through there because that's just yourself trying to protect yourself, you know, and that's going to continue to happen. And it's a good thing that that happens, but sometimes it can be to our detriment and we never want to miss out on the right person. Number five, advice on how to maintain independence in a relationship. I think once you find someone that you were really interested in, it can be really easy to throw all the things that you love and care about on the back burner in terms of your interests or the things that you like to do. Uh, maybe you love to spend alone time. Maybe now that you're dating somebody, you get no alone time. I think it's very important to continue to have that own personal sense of autonomy in a relationship especially once you're in it, meaning that person can still go out and live their life the way that they were living it before you doing hobbies that they like. Maybe they like to shoot hoops. Maybe they like to go to the gym themselves. Sometimes they don't always want to go with you. Maybe going alone is really healing for them and they like to just like get shit out. You know what I mean? And work through things in the gym. Maybe they like to play pickleball with their boys every, I don't know, Sunday, I don't know, golf. Those things they still should have just because you're dating doesn't mean that they shouldn't be able to do those things anymore. Obviously, once you're in a relationship, if you feel like they're prioritizing all these other things over you, that is a different conversation. But I think they should be able to have their own things and you should be able to have your own things. You should be able to still have your girl nights, like nights with the girls, you're getting dinner, you're prioritizing your friends, your friendships, you have the time to spend alone maybe and just like 
have that time to reflect outside of a relationship because you shouldn't be spending all of your time with that person. I think that obviously you can, but I think that every relationship, whether you've been dating for eight years, whether you've been married, whether whatever, I'm sure everybody could agree that like having that time to recharge and just kind of one, recharge your own battery, but also process your own feelings and understand where you're at in life, whether it's regarding that person or whether it's regarding your career and outside things are very important. And it's going to make you a better person for whenever you come together and you're spending time with the person that you're dating. And, um, I think also like absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think that like you should be able to still any time that you spend away, even if it's very small, you're probably just going to be like really excited to see them again. You know, it'll make everything even more exciting. So I think always stay true to the things that you love. And if you have certain obligations or things that you enjoy doing in your life, do not throw that on the back burner just because you're dating somebody. Like that is the quickest way to lose yourself in a relationship. And I also want to make it very clear that dating anyone and doing that, whether they say it or not, they're subconsciously not going to respect you to the same degree as maybe someone who, okay, you know that you like to watch church every Sunday. Maybe that other person doesn't do that, okay? But if you stop going to church every Sunday or you stop having the time with your friends, one, it's going to start to make you feel bad down the road about yourself because you're not saying true to you and the things that you really love and enjoy, but they're going to see that you're putting them before everything else that you really love and care about. Um, and they love you for all the things that you love and care about. So they want you to be you, the you that they started to like in the first place. So just keeping a close grip on all the things that you do love and all the things that make you you is not only going to make you better in the relationship, but better in all your relationships, your friendships, better in your own personal relationship with yourself. And if this needs to be talked about, talk about it. Like dating is literally one huge conversation. You're always going to be talking about stuff. And if you ever feel like you need to run it by, or maybe that person's wanting to hang out with you all the time and you need a minute, just say, Hey, I love spending time with you and you make me feel so special, but I'm going to be honest. I am somebody who loves alone time. I grew up that way and I love to just have some time to recharge or do these things or do this. And I feel like I haven't got to do this in a long time. I really want to make sure I'm still prioritizing those things that are really important to me. And it has nothing to do with the way that I feel about you, but I want to let you know where I'm at so that maybe I'm sure there could be things that you might be missing out that you're not doing as much before we dated or whatever. And all it takes is communication. And if they're the right person, they're going to understand if somebody reacts to that negatively, that my friend is a huge red flag. Number freaking six, how to know if he's loyal or not. This one, ugh, I just, you know, it's one of those things you don't really know. Um, you can't really ever fully know you have to trust them. So, um, I think, and this is something that I struggle with and stuff too. I think that whenever you've been mistreated for so long or you've been through some shit and it's hard for you to not have your little detective hat on of things like just waiting for something, um, bad to come out about the person that you're talking to, or even, um, just trying to make sure that you're always like, you're not missing something. But if you are dating this person and you really like them and they're not showing you any inconsistencies. They're staying very consistent with you, not only in the way that they communicate with you, their actions. I think it all comes down to actions. I think, um, they need to be consistent. Like, are they being suspicious at all? Like, do we have a reason to suspect that there might be anything happening? Cause obviously if, if they're being shady, they're hiding their phone, they're not texting you after a certain time. 
Um, they're making excuses for why they can't hang out and they're doing this instead. If there's like a, and if they're being suspicious, you have a reason to feel that way. And, but I think there really isn't a way to fully know you have to trust them. And if you don't trust them, it's probably not the right person for you. If you're not able to allow yourself to fully trust them, you know what I'm saying? Because relationships, in my opinion, come down to like four things, trust, loyalty, honesty, and compromise. And communication, honestly. So I think that if you're seeing maybe this person isn't being honest and you're catching them in lies, that's a huge red flag that there's a high chance they might not be loyal. Um, if this person's never willing to compromise with you and it's always what they wanna do, huge red flag. If this person is bad at communicating and they aren't willing to work on it and they make you feel like you're dumb every time that you talk to them or something, um, it's all about the way that, that person treats you and shows up and stuff. And it also depends on how long have you been with this person? Are you in a relationship or are you not, or is this like a new thing? Because I think in new relationships, unfortunately, before you're exclusive or whatever, they don't have to be loyal to you yet, you know? And that's like a thing that, you know, is hard to kind of wrap your head around, but they don't have to be loyal. You don't have to be loyal until you're exclusive. And if you're in a relationship and if you're feeling like maybe they're not have a conversation with them, but you have to trust them just like you would want them to trust you. So I would need to know more about your like actual situation. Like have they cheated on you before? Um, have you been cheated on in other relationships? So it's hard for you to trust people now. Like that would make sense. Um, I just don't know the past or relationship history for you, but it sucks because you really never know. It, you never know. You never know. You have to, you just have to trust your heart. You have to trust your gut. You have to trust that you will be led to make the right decision at the right time. I believe that everything comes to, everything comes out when it's meant to. So even if something happens and you don't know about it, you'll find out. You'll find out when you're meant to. Like God's not going to let you um, be mistreated or something. It'll end you know, it'll end in some way, but I think have a conversation if you don't feel like you can trust them for sure. Number seven is hilarious to me because it literally was just situationships. <laughs> it was just situationships. So my take on situationships, ugh, I try so hard to avoid situationships. I really do. But in my definition, situationships are whenever you find yourself basically dating, but not dating someone, they're treating you like you're dating. They're talking to you like you're dating. They're prioritizing, they're prioritizing you like you're dating without the title and without the commitment. And you don't know what to expect from that person because there's no boundaries made. You know, that is a situation chip in my eyes. You're in a situation. You don't know what the heck's going on. Like, you're just like, what even is this? Like, what is this? I'm starting to like you. Do you like me? What is this? And like that, that's whenever you need to have that conversation at some point. Like if you find yourself liking someone and you don't want to waste a lot of time on them and you don't want to get stuck in something, like after eight to 12 dates, like make sure you have like some type of conversation to make sure you guys are even on the same page. Like I think you don't need to rush to have a conversation about stuff, but have the conversations that you want to have whenever it feels right to you. There's no dating rule book. Do things whenever you want. Um, but I always try to avoid getting in situationships by asking the right freaking questions. And I'm like a little irritated as I say this, cause I always find myself in situations like this and <laughs> I will make sure that I know like kind of where they're at. If they like, they'll, they'll open up to me about like if they had something before how recent it was or whatever. Um, and I will kind of make it known like what my dating intentions are and I'll ask what theirs are as well. And a couple things that I can tell you, are signs that you're probably going to end up in a situation ship possibly. Okay. Not always, 
but these are some indicators are, did that person get out of a relationship recently? That my friends is the first thing. Did they get out of something recently? Cause in that case, they might not be ready to even like be open to a different thing. Cause they're probably still processing what just happened, you know? So I think that's one, two, um, are they saying that they just want to go with the flow? To me, that is situationship lingo. Like if you want to go with the flow and you're figuring out your dating goals, to me, we're not aligned. You know what I mean? And I've learned that the hard way, but I'm down to go with the flow too. And it can be hard because whenever you hear go with the flow, you're like, oh yeah, like duh. But that can oftentimes be, if they're saying that in the really early stages, a way for them to have an out. Like, you know what I mean? Like they aren't overcommitting. Like they're not, like they're telling you that they're going with the flow. So if they change their mind because the flow stopped flowing for them, like that happens, you know what I mean? So um, I think just kind of understanding and assessing and noticing the person and are they being consistent with you? Some people that I found myself in situationships with have been some of the most consistent, respectful people. And I think that's what becomes the most frustrating because I'll be like, damn, <laughs> like what the hell? Um, like if you're meeting their friends and stuff too, like it can just get really, it can get really tricky. Um, so just kind of know what it is that you want. And if you are not looking for anything serious, like, yeah, you'll probably find yourself in a situation ship at some point and that's whatever. But if you are looking for something serious and you don't want to get stuck in one, I think communication's everything. And I think making it known what you're looking for is huge. And also understanding that if you see things that don't align with what it is that you are looking for, not allowing yourself to stay longer and to figure it out. I've been the person to like literally mess around and find out a bunch. And a lot of the times I found out that, yep, didn't work out. <laughs> it did not work out for me. So, um, and this isn't to say anything, like there's someone... There's been really good people that I've, I've saw myself dating and it just didn't work out, you know, but those were situationships that I found myself in and they can be anywhere from three to four months or so. But normally around the three to four month mark, you'll notice that people are going to make up their mind and you'll start to see like what they're actually kind of about. Um, I don't really know what else to say about that because this wasn't really a question, but this is just me talking about situationships, but they're a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And it's frustrating because like I have a fear of being stuck in, like I don't want to be in any other situationships. Like I want to just be getting to know someone with intention that like actually is like open to something going somewhere. And for me, when I've been in situationships, it gets to a certain point and they're like, I'm just not ready for something right now. And I'm like, great. Why? Like, what was this? <laughs> and I don't know. I think a lot of times that can just be denial on that person's end and they, they truly might not be ready for it, but it's like, you know what you're, what it feels like when you're dating someone and when things are actually vibing. And yeah, like I know I've been in situationships with people that I'm like, there's no way that this wasn't completely reciprocal. And like you, there's no way you didn't see this going somewhere. Like I'm so confused, but a lot of the times that's what happens in situationships. You get whiplash real freaking quick. So just stay on your toes. And if you want to avoid them, just like really be, um, cautious and mindful with the energy that you give and put out. We're definitely not going to have enough time to do all these questions today. So, um, we'll do a couple more. How to set boundaries and having hard conversations. I think setting boundaries, it's having hard, how to literally how to set boundaries is to have conversations and communicate. Having hard conversations, I know it seems like easier said than done, but you just have to have them. Like you have to have them. And if it's hard for you to communicate and it's hard for you to do that, I would just let them know this is what I need. 
and it's really hard for me to say this, but I really need to talk to you about something. It's just like using your words, honestly. Like we need to talk about this. Like this is something that's been really bothering me recently and I just wanted to get it out. Never have hard, never have communication in a hostile way. Always be understanding to the fact that like that you need to be very open to that person's response and be respectful of them as well. And if they're not being respectful to you, leave. Like you don't need to sit there and just endure being disrespected. Like if it gets out of hand, you can just allow yourself to leave the premises. Like just take a minute and be like, we'll talk about this later whenever it's something that you're open to talking to me about in a respectful way as well. But to set boundaries, like for instance, if you need more communication and you're not getting it, I would be like, this is what I need. Like I need more communication from you. Um, or I don't know exactly what kind of boundary I'm trying to think. This is just an example. I don't know why this came to my brain. You're talking to someone, okay? And you have been exclusive. You've already established that. And you find that this person is on hinge still actively. And you notice because they're in your previous matches and you see that they're changing their photos. Okay. So you see that and you're kind of like, what the heck? And obviously that makes you feel like shit because at this point you're like, okay, I thought we were exclusive. Like this doesn't make me feel good, you know? So at that point, a boundary that you'd want to make is get off dating apps if we're exclusive. Like, what is this? I thought you were already off dating apps, right? You would have a conversation with that person. Like, Hey, I'm here. Like, this is where I'm at. Like, I like you. And this is what I thought this is like, and allow them, allow them to tell you where they're at as well. But if they are still on dating apps, I would just be like, I want you to know, like, I wasn't trying to find this, but I know that you're actively updating your like dating apps. Like I, so that's not going to fly with me. Like I, I thought like that hurt me to find that because I wasn't thinking that that was what was happening anymore after we've already made this very clear of what this was. Um, so if you want this to go anywhere, like that needs to be not happening. Like if you want me, that can't be happening. That's a boundary. You're, you're making a boundary that like, that's not going to fly with you. And even if this specific situation obviously doesn't pertain, whatever it is for you, just making it known. I need this. This isn't going to work. It's just using your words, honestly, and like communicating your thoughts and emotions effectively or to the best that you possibly can. And yeah, is that situation a real life thing I've went through? Absolutely it is. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that was something I actually had to work through at one point where I'm like, what is this? You know? Not fun. You can't really be too sure about someone. That's all I'm going to say. You really can't. People are really good at kind of portraying themselves however they want to be portrayed. And you only really see what someone wants you to see a lot of the time. And I can't relate to that because like what you see is what you get with me. But I've definitely found that in my dating history. Okay. Next question. Um, how to learn ways to not be an anxious attachment dater. Having your attachment style, in case nobody knows what this is, there's a couple of different attachment styles that you can have. You can be anxious, you can be avoidant. Those are the two most popular, but there's like ambivalent. There's a couple of different ones. Your attachment style, a lot of the time, is how you were raised and has to do with like your like childhood trauma, um, ways that you're communicated with as a kid. Like whenever a conflict happened, did people try to avoid it? You know what I mean? So. Well, however you learn to deal with things as a young kid, a lot of times that's how things manifest in your adult life. So if you find yourself being an anxious attachment or you feel like you're constantly like feeling insecure about where you stand with someone, um, I totally can relate to that. And ways to not learn to be an attach atta anxious attachment dater. There is a book called Attached. I have it. I have not read it, but I've heard great things. I need to read it. Um, that apparently is amazing. It's, it's such a good one to help you with that. 
Also, could not recommend more Do The Work podcast by Sabrina Zohar. She has helped me in a lot of ways, just like listening to her podcast and her takes on dating. She's somebody who used to be an extreme anxious attachment dater, and she's completely like 360 it, and she's become more secure. And you can totally change your attachment style from being anxious to more secure or vice versa, or more like if you're avoidant to more secure as well. Um, so it's really just educating yourself and like understanding like how to do that. So that would be what I would recommend do the work podcast and also that book, but there's so many ways. Um, also just practicing detachment, like not allowing yourself to fully invest yourself into this fake facade of a person you don't even know yet. You know what I'm saying? We don't know this person, so we're not going to overextend ourselves and give so much of ourselves to these people because they need to earn it. And we're, I'm not going to be thinking about my wedding day with someone that I haven't even went on a first date with or the possibility of things working out whenever I don't even know them yet. Like they could be crazy. They could be wild. They could be disrespectful. They could, you know what I mean? Be, be someone that like, don't try to fill in the blanks of who someone is. Let them show you. And in the meantime, practice detachment, I think. And like, don't fully invest or like give too much too soon. And what I mean by that is more than you're able to give like without disrupting your peace. That can be time, energy, your body, your mind, whatever it is, just be cautious with it and open up appropriately whenever you feel safe to do so. This one was just really sad. I have to include this one today. Should I be with someone who doesn't call me when he says he will? He says he will call me, but he never does. No, you should not be with someone who does that. That's the short answer. Um, if he says so, he'll call and he never does. Like he always does that. And it's a trend. He's showing you right there that like, he is not a man of his word. He is not consistent. And that is the biggest turnoff and the biggest, ugh, ick, ugh. Okay. Like you can't even be consistent. Pitiful, ridiculous, figure it out. Okay. Don't tell me you're going to call me and not call me because that's just, we want someone who's going to be able to stay to their word. Basically. Think if you end up with this person, you have kids with them. Do you want someone that says they're going to pick up your kids from school, but he doesn't actually do that? No. Um, so if someone's going to be inconsistent with something as small as that, they probably are inconsistent with bigger things as well. So I wouldn't recommend you should be with somebody like this because by allowing yourself to be with this person, you are putting a huge like fork in the road for the person that's actually meant to be with you. So the, the longer that the person that isn't meant to be for you is in your life, we're keeping the right person from coming in. You know what I mean? And obviously there might be lessons to be learned in this relationship with you right now, but I'm just telling you right now, like, no. And obviously you can have a conversation with that person. I'm sure you have, but if you haven't have a conversation, be like, Hey, like you always tell me you're going to call me and you never do. And that doesn't make me feel good. Like that makes me feel like you don't prioritize me or care about me that much. And I respect your time. So I would hope that you'd respect mine as well, where I feel like if you constantly have me like low key waiting for you to call, like that's not very, it doesn't, it doesn't seem very respectful or nice to me and it makes me feel bad. So always comes down to communication, but if you've already communicated it and like, this isn't that serious, like maybe you're not in a relationship or whatever, I don't know. Just don't waste too much time on somebody who's showing you time and time again who they are. Like when someone shows you who they are, believe them. How to deal with breaking up with a toxic person, knowing that it's what needs to be done. It's not maybe what you want to do, but it's what needs to be done for your future self, for your peace of mind, for your self-respect, for your self-trust. All those things are going to be affected the longer that you keep somebody in your life that is just not good for you and toxic to you and has shown you that. So breaking up with that person, I would just... Be, Make sure that you already have your mind made up and you know all the points that you want to make and you have everything that you want to say to that person, maybe written down in your phone even, if you're going to do this in person. 
and I would just be, I would say everything. Cause a lot of times with toxic people, they're going to try to flip it and they're going to try to make you feel like shit or like you're the one in the wrong and just know that that's going to happen probably. But like, you don't have to stay there for it and you don't even have to do it in person. If you feel like that's going to be in a way that's going to disrupt your peace too much. Like, you know, you better than you. You know you better than anyone. You know your situation better than anyone. So only do what feels right. But breaking up with them is going to be the best thing that you could ever do for yourself. And you might not see it right now, but I promise you, you'll be so thankful in a year. You're going to need your friends. You're going to need your sad playlist. You're going to need the gym. You're going to need a weight. You're going to need hobbies. You're going to need things to fill that space with because Whenever we go through a breakup, especially a toxic one, you want to make sure that you're really, you're having your glow up. You're going to be like doing all the things that you haven't done in so long and just feeding into yourself again. I promise it's going to be for the best and do it. If you know that you need to do it, do it. I promise you it'll, it'll be the best thing that you ever do. And, and don't let them talk you into staying with them whenever you already know. You know what I mean? Don't, not, the next time is not going to be any different. I promise. This question kind of went with the one that I just did, but it was narcissistic relationships how to navigate after a breakup, someone who drains you and is not supportive in any way, someone who ruined your self-confidence and brings you down. Just know that navigating after a breakup like this, you're going to need people in your life. You're going to need to rebuild yourself in a way. I've been in relationships where I lost myself, where I felt my confidence drained out of my body. My personality was drained out of my body. I felt like I wasn't prioritizing. It made me feel awful about myself. Um, someone who brought me down, you know, and this isn't to speak badly about anyone because this is such old news, but, um, and you know what I mean? It's all in the past, but after that, definitely feeding in to yourself, your needs, what do you want out of life and figuring out how you can give that to yourself, getting in the gym, working out, moving your body in some way, um, calling your friends, spending more time with your friends for sure. And listen to the sad songs, like allow yourself to fully, fully have a funeral for this person that is alive. Like this person is not dead, but they're dead to you because this person is not your person anymore. And you have to allow yourself to mourn the loss of the person that you thought was going to be in your life, the relationship that you thought was going to be in your life. Um, block that person. If they're narcissistic and they're insane, like I don't know to what degree you don't need to have them. Like they don't need to have access to you on anything. Um, depending on the situation though, like just make sure that you're not seeing them on your social media all the time, like protect your peace and give yourself the time and space to move on. And if that requires you moving somewhere else, Hey, do that. Like do whatever you want to do. You know what you, that is for you. I don't know what that is, but just honor yourself and understand that the next person that you date isn't going to be that person. So just heal those wounds that that person has created and just do anything to build that confidence up again. And that is honestly just by getting more and more connected to yourself and showing up for yourself in the ways that you haven't in so long from dealing with this person is what I could recommend most. Because the more that we are putting our energy and time into the wrong things, we're not putting it into the right things. So just kind of reevaluating your life. Where was I not putting my energy for this long? Oh, this is where I can put it. This is what's going to make me feel good because your confidence is built by you keeping promises to yourself. So whatever that means for you, just staying consistent with yourself all the things you want in a partner, give that to yourself. Trustworthiness, loyalty, consistency, you know, um, all those things. And just understand that you don't need anybody right now. And you probably need a freaking break from people. If you just dealt with something like that. Next question. Do you believe in second chances? I think second chances definitely can happen. I do believe in them a little bit. I think that it really just depends on the growth of the other person. If they decide to come back to you at some point, someone that's walked away, 
and they have good points and it seems like they've grown. I think that if you feel like you want to give that person another chance, I think absolutely go for it. But obviously just tread lightly because you never know. That person might not have changed at all. And be also cautious of, it depends on the person. It depends on what that relationship was like in the first place. And it might already, it might be a broken record where you've heard it time and time again. That wouldn't be a second chance though. So at that point, no. But they say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So I think if you give somebody a second chance, just know that there's a chance that you could be let down. But if somebody disappoints you twice in the same way after they came back and they told you they were going to be this way and that way and they just proved to be the same freaking person and they're not actually doing anything to change... Um, no, I think that's whenever you got to kick them to the curb, but I don't know. I think that maybe if someone comes back and they actually, um, kind of have changed or they're willing to understand what they did wrong the first time, I think that it could work. So, um, but I don't think third chances, you know what I mean? But second, yeah, maybe. I also think though, that if someone even left in the first place, that's like putting them very high risk to not be meant for you in the, and not very high chance that they're not your person anyways, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so possibly whatever's meant to happen will happen. Um, but would your person walk away from you in the first place? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. All right. I tried to squeeze all these questions into this episode just to get them in here for you guys. Um, but so how do you know if your boyfriend is cheating? You don't you, at the end of the day, you don't. And if you think he's cheating, it's probably for a good reason. You probably have suspicion. I would assume. So maybe they've been shady. Um, He's been shady with his phone. If he's been shady with his phone, that's a huge red flag. I've never been cheated on, but to my knowledge, but if, if there's anything weird like that happening, then yeah, I think that that's a huge way to know that if they're being suspicious or just being a little weird, they could be talking to other people, but you don't know unless you have evidence really, or um, you have a conversation and honestly, if you don't know, you could have a conversation with them if you have a pretty good feeling and accuse them of it, but I wouldn't recommend that because if they come back and if they weren't cheating, then it's like, okay, you accuse them of something they didn't do. But sometimes if you do that, um, and you know, someone like, you know, someone has been cheating, but you don't have like evidence, evidence. I could be like, I know that you've done this or whatever. Like someone reached out to me and like kind of make them think. Um, that, you know, more than, you know, I have had a situation actually like that happened with someone I talked to for like a month and he ended up confessing and telling on himself. So, um, that was kind of funny. I did have evidence though, um, that somebody sent me, um, of, so this one, I wouldn't consider this cheating cause I wasn't dating this person, but shady, shitty behavior. I've definitely received before where someone was acting like they were in love with me, <laughs> LOL. And, um, it was just, it was a whole thing. And meanwhile, they were talking to like somebody else that like I knew. Um, but end of the day, you don't know. So you can't assume, but I would just recommend conversations always. And if you constantly feel like someone has cheated on you though, maybe that's your sign that you shouldn't be with them. If you have like that suspicion in the first place. Um, last question, someone who says you're abu you've abused them too, when they've done nothing but abuse you mentally. I think whoever has been, if someone's abusing you, mentally and making you feel like crap like you can't believe anything this person's saying whatever they're saying is completely invalid and pointless and stupid in my opinion for someone to go out of their way to make you feel like shit time and time again i don't necessarily think that anything that person says should be held with any value you know but i know people can be so manipulative so it's going to be hard for you to not feel that way but i wouldn't even talk to that person anymore 
Like I wouldn't even give that person access to have a word with me so that none of these words are even hitting you. They're, they're falling on empty ears elsewhere. Like he can be talking in his bedroom to himself about this. Okay. But he should not have access to call you or say this in person. So the more that you allow this person that you know is abusive to have access to you, you're just kind of enabling it if that's the case. So block that phone number, cut them off, whatever you have to do, if whatever you have to do. Um, and just know that like their words don't matter. Like that person does not matter if they've made you feel inferior and like crap, like no, no, no. And I would recommend, um, honestly therapy too, just to work through some of this stuff. Cause I know how hard it can be, um, whenever you've went through stuff like this and you're like, okay, what do I do next? Um, like how do I heal this? And therapy just helps you fully one. It gives you that validation and it gives you even better advice than what I just gave you. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of times your therapist will know um, just ways for you to like fully separate yourself from that person or any type of crap like that. So that is everything for today's episode, the dating episode. Um, I know there's a lot of different things that you guys want to hear from me in terms of like confidence in dating as a whole. Um, so I have other episodes, obviously, that, I'll, that will be coming out every Monday at five in the morning. You will catch me on here but if there's ever anything you want me to talk about that like i haven't talked about yet please message me on instagram tiktok whatever it may be and let me know because if you don't tell me i don't know but i hope you guys have a great start to your week and i hope that this helped and please please let 2024 be the year that you leave stupid silly relationships in the past and you allow yourself to actually move towards what you deserve like a good healthy relationship and someone who actually prioritizes and treats you the way that you deserve okay i love you so much i will see you next monday